I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Congratulations! If you are listening to this podcast, you are likely newly engaged, or maybe you're getting engaged soon and you just want to prepare, or maybe you've been engaged for a while and you're just thinking, wait, what did I miss? But anyways, if you are newly engaged, soon to be engaged, previously engaged, whatever it is, congrats. That's super, super exciting. And on today's episode, I'm going to break down the seven things that you should do as soon as you get engaged. These are kind of in a rough order, but you could probably swap them around And if you've listened to any of my podcast episodes before, you know I always say that there are no actual wedding planning rules, so feel free to take or leave what you want from this list. But in my opinion, these are the seven things that you should do. So the first thing you should do is celebrate just the two of you. And of course, this uh, could be hard depending on how you get engaged. If you get engaged, um, you know, you have the big proposal at a family dinner or, um, I don't know, a basketball game or something like that. Basically, if you have a crowd or a bunch of friends or family around, obviously, you're not going to be able to say like, okay, just me and my partner want to celebrate. Could you all leave? (laughs) Like, you'll probably have to celebrate with other people. Um, But if you get engaged, you know, somewhere a little bit more private, maybe on vacation or at home, whatever it is, or even, you know, after that big engagement, just take some time to really celebrate you and your partner. And it doesn't have to be something like super cliche. You don't have to um, pop a bottle of champagne in front of the Eiffel Tower, whatever it is, do whatever is your definition of romantic. You can have fun with it. 
For example, my partner and I, we uh, did a tour of a bunch of craft breweries, drank, drank a bunch of beer, ate pizza, listened to live music, and then we got sushi uh, takeout and ate it in our hotel room in bed while watching Schitt's Creek. <laughs> and for us, that was like the perfect romantic night uh, doing stuff that we love. We had fun, you know, we kept calling each other fiance or, you know, my betrothed or just silly stuff like that. And it was such a nice way to celebrate that really felt like us and sort of make that day special. Um, and I think that's super, super important. And during that celebration, you should also be talking about how you want to share your news because that is number two. <laughs> so the second thing to do after you get engaged, after you've celebrated the, just the two of you, is to tell your closest loved ones. So I did have an episode on this called How to Announce Your Engagement. So you can head back there for all the details. But basically, I think you should try to tell the people closest to you. So, you know, depending on your situation, that might be your parents, your siblings, your best friends, whoever it is. Tell those people in the most in-person way possible. <laughs> so... If you are currently getting engaged, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, you probably won't be able to, you know, go over to their house um, or if they live, you know, far away from you, but try to get them maybe on a FaceTime call or some sort of live call. Basically work your way from in-person visit all the way down to like email <laughs> and and pick, you know, as, as close to in-person visit as you can get. So whether that's a FaceTime call or a phone call or... I don't know. Just try not to do it over text or email, right? That's not how you want your closest, closest loved ones to find out that you're engaged. So that's something that you'd want to talk about with your partner while the two of you are celebrating, sort of who is in that inner circle. How do you want to tell them? When do you want to tell them? I do suggest telling them, you know, once you start telling people, make sure you sort of get all of your um, I'm going to call them your tier one people. <laughs> Make sure you tell them all sort of around the same time, just so they're hearing the news from you, because it would really suck for, you know, your grandma to hear about it from some, you know, someone else or see it on Facebook or something like that. And that is my big rule when you are telling your loved ones about your engagement. Please do not post it on social media until all of the important people in your life know. I know so many of us, myself included, do silly things just to, you know, have it on Instagram, feel the need to post. Um, but really, this is one of those moments where, like, you're going to want to have the, a real conversation with your grandma or, you know, see your mom's face and not something you want them to find out through an Instagram story or a Facebook Live or a TikTok video or whatever the new <laughs> social media thing is that I've given up on. Um, so do not post on social until absolutely everyone who is important to you has um, has heard the news from you, whether it be in person, uh, video call, real call, email, text message. Message, even if it's, you know, like sending a message to the group chat or whatever, that's still more personal than somebody seeing like your Facebook status or a new photo you upload or something like that. Okay, number three, the third thing you should do is come up with a safe line about wedding planning. <laughs> if you head back to my episode called the five worst questions people ask you right after you get engaged, this is going to come up a lot. Basically, the minute you get engaged, people will, of course, ask you a few questions, you know, oh, how was it? Were you surprised? Let's see the ring. You know, what, what did they say? Did you get down on one knee? Um, and then they're immediately going to want to start to ask you questions about your wedding, which is hilarious because most people don't have their wedding completely planned when they get engaged. Um, but the questions will come 
you know, pretty much right away, people are going to be asking you, oh, when's the wedding going to be? How many people? What are your colors? Oh, do you need the name of a, a florist? I know somebody. My cousin's a really good baker. You definitely want me in your wedding party, right? Like, all of these things are coming at you. They're coming at you quick. So my advice is to come up with a line that you and your partner say that sort of shuts these things down. So you can just say, like, oh, thank you so much. We're actually just enjoying our engagement right now. That's it. Let people know that you are not wedding planning. Um, even if you are, <laughs> just tell them you're just enjoying your engagement right now. And if you want, you can say like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll let you know when we when we start looking for a florist or whatever. Or you can just cut it off at we're just enjoying our engagement. Thanks so much. We appreciate like all your love and support or whatever it is. But basically, <laughs> now is not the time to be, you know, getting all of these questions bombarded at you. And you don't want to have to feel that pressure like you need to answer people and just let them know like, oh, when is our wedding? Oh, do I want that person in my wedding party? Like you shouldn't be forced to make those decisions in the moment when someone's asking you questions, especially if you are newly engaged. So don't feel bad at all saying, hey, we haven't really started wedding planning yet. We're just going to enjoy our engagement, but thanks so much. That is totally a fine and acceptable thing to say. And people should uh, accept that and understand that that's where you're coming from. And they shouldn't expect you to have your entire wedding plan just because you are now engaged. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Number four on the list of things you should do as soon as you get engaged is uh, more of a question than an actual tip. But it's to ask yourself, should you start planning your wedding or should you enjoy your engagement? Now, this is one that I'm actually still struggling with. I always thought I was team enjoy your engagement. What's the rush? Um, you know, you're never going to be a fiance again. It's just a really short period of your life, hopefully, if, if the wedding and everything works out. Um, so enjoy it, you know, have fun wearing your ring. If you happen to be wearing a ring, um, you know, calling your partner a fiance, whatever that means. But um, I'm kind of struggling with it because what, like, what does it actually mean to enjoy your engagement? Especially if you are, you know, like in my situation, my partner and I, we already live together. We own a home together. We have a dog together. Uh, we've traveled the world together. We are quarantining together. Um, our lives are very intertwined. You know, we're intertwined with each other's families. So nothing really changed when we got engaged. And I don't know that anything's really going to change when we get married. Like our living situation will be the, the same. Um, haven't figured out the whole last name thing yet, but I'm not really sure what's going to change. So that whole enjoy your engagement, I kind of struggle with because I don't know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means to enjoy my engagement. Um, and I know so many people say, oh, don't rush, don't rush. Like you don't need to jump right into wedding planning. 
and and I agree that you don't need to rush, um, but you also don't need to have a really long drawn out engagement. I think um, I think it really depends on where you are in life and what your priorities are. And I think I'm going to do uh, an entire mini or episode about how long you should be engaged for. And uh, spoiler alert, there's no one right answer. But I think a lot of it really depends on, you know, where you are in your relationship. So let's say, you know, you've only been dating a short amount of time and you decide to get engaged, but you've never lived together. Maybe you've never even lived outside of your parents' home. Maybe somebody's still in school. Um, or you're both still in school, maybe you're saving up. And that's a situation where you might want to have, you know, a really long engagement, maybe a two, three year engagement, and you spend the first year or two um, saving up money, maybe you decide to move in together, or at least, you know, get your own houses separate from your parents, maybe you want to finish up school, and then you sort of spend the last year or six months or whatever, uh, actually planning your wedding. Whereas, you know, maybe you've been together a really long time, you're sort of a little bit older, you're, you know, established, you've lived together, you've figured out, you know, finances, you're set in your career, whatever it is, these are just examples. And in that situation, it might sort of be a thing of like, hey, we don't really need to be engaged for a super long time. We've had all these conversations, we know what our marriage is going to look like, we've talked about finances and kids and intimacy and family and all that stuff. Um, we, you know, we already live together. So there's really not a point for us to be engaged for, you know, 18 or 24 months or whatever it is. So I think these are all things that you actually want to talk about before you get engaged. Um, it's one of those things where I, you know, I think in the movies or social media or whatever, we have this image of a woman in a heterosexual relationship. As soon as she gets the ring on her finger, she like, bursts out all the Pinterest boards and the wedding magazines and the there's always a big binder that she's been planning her wedding in since she's six and the guy's like whoa like totally overwhelmed so I don't think like there's no rush you don't need to start calling venues the next morning or anything like that but there's also no reason to and, and depending on your situation there's no reason to like force yourself to not plan for you know, a year or whatever, and force yourself to enjoy your engagement, whatever that means. But again, this is something you really want to be on the same page as your partner about and preferably on the same page before you get engaged. And it's something you should talk about. I have an episode called How to Talk to Your Partner About Proposing. And just to sum up my <laughs> my soapbox feelings on that, I think it is ridiculous that women are told that they cannot talk to their uh, boyfriends, I'm using heterosexual language here, um, they can't talk to their boyfriends about wanting to get married or get engaged, and that they have to just drop hints and hope that he picks up on it. Um, that's so silly. Of course, of course, you can talk like, if you can't talk to your boyfriend about wanting to get engaged, then you're probably not ready to get engaged. Like, why, why should marriage be something you need to trick him into or, or like, you know, try to convince him? That's so silly. You should definitely be able to talk about your wedding, your marriage, your proposal, your engagement, talk about it all. And and talk about the length of your engagement, you know, like how long you want to be engaged, what sort of things, you know, maybe it's important to you to go through some sort of marriage um, counseling, either in a religious aspect, or it doesn't have to be religious, or maybe you want to try living together, or you want to try... I don't know, traveling together, getting a dog together, spending more time with each other's families. Maybe you want to do all of that during your engagement before you actually get married. Or maybe you've done all that already and the engagement is kind of just a formality. Um, a friend of mine, she had already, you know, the wedding was practically planned. They had the venue booked, her dress was bought and all of that before she officially got the ring. And that was just, you know, a logistics, a timing thing. But her and her partner were totally on the same page. They had, you know, spoken with their parents. They were making wedding plans and just, 
you know, the actual proposal was a little bit held up, but they sort of moved full steam ahead with the wedding after that, because that was something they had already talked about. So again, I will, um, <laughs> I will do some future, this is sparking a lot for me, if you if you can't tell that I've ranted about this step for a while, but I definitely think I'm going to do an episode on the length of engagements and probably another one on how to actually start wedding planning, like where you would start if you if you decide, you know, shortly after your engagement, you're ready to dive in sort of what's the first steps. Um, and regardless, if you are deciding to quote unquote, enjoy your engagement or jump right into wedding planning, I still think, um, like I said, in tip number three, it's so important to have that line to tell to any of your super nosy friends or family members about, oh, we're just enjoying our engagement, even if you are actually going on venue visits and all of that, just give yourself some space, some buffer room, you can always call that person back and say, hey, you know what, I would love to talk to your cousin who's a baker, Um, they will be thrilled to (laughs) pass on that information. So don't worry about closing those doors forever. Okay, number five, the fifth thing you should do as soon as you get engaged is ensure your ring. And this one, I'm going to put a little caveat on, you should maybe ensure your ring. If you Google what to do after I get engaged, I'm pretty sure almost every list will say, oh, make sure you ensure your ring. And I think this assumes that most people are getting diamond rings that are, you know, $5,000 plus dollars and that your partner who proposed to you um, did nothing in terms of insuring it. And that is definitely not the situation for everybody. Lots of people have rings that cost way less. Um, For example, I think my ring is probably about 500 American dollars, the price tag on it, maybe a little more, a little less. And looking at some of the insurance options, it just doesn't make sense for me to be paying you know, 20 plus dollars a month, probably more for a ring that's only $500. That doesn't make sense. So uh, run the numbers with your partner and see if insurance is something that you need. Perhaps it's something your partner already took care of. If, um, if they bought your ring, maybe it was something they already worked out with the jeweler. And if not, it might be something you can bundle with other insurance. So if you pay house insurance or car insurance, rental insurance, life insurance, whatever it is, you might be able to add your ring to one of those uh, to keep it to keep costs a little bit lower. And again, just weigh the pros and cons. It's not something I think everybody needs, uh, depending on the cost of your ring, the sentimentality, all of that. Um, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of up to you. I don't think it's a mandatory thing, but it is, I do think it's something that you should think about, which is why I've kept it as one of the tips. All right, we've got two more tips. Okay, so my sixth tip, the sixth thing to do once you are engaged is to keep celebrating and have fun. I think so many of the lists of like, oh, what you should do now that you're engaged are so serious. And it's like, oh, you, you got to make sure you call the venues right away and blah, blah, blah. But like, remember, this is this is supposed to be fun, right? This is exciting. You're going to spend your life with someone and probably have a wedding and and definitely a marriage. And that's super cool. So however you choose to celebrate, um, obviously, if you're getting engaged now in this pandemic time, it's probably not possible to do, you know, a big trip or a big party, but maybe that's something you can do in the future. Or you can do, you know, a zoom party, or maybe go on a little uh, local staycation with your partner. Um, Have fun, you know, treat yourself to a very expensive, probably not that helpful wedding magazine, just, you know, to flip through it buy a wedding planning book, um, one of those journal ones you can write in, watch a wedding movie, 
join a bunch of Facebook groups and start, you know, getting suggestions from other people planning weddings and let them know how excited you are. You can go and take engagement photos. That can be really fun and also a good way to sort of get over your nerves if you're kind of camera shy. Also a great way to meet a photographer that you might want to use for your wedding. I know a lot of wedding photographers actually offer a free engagement shoot as part of the package. So that's something you can look into and kind of one of the fun parts of wedding planning. Um, so yeah, there's not, you know, we just talked about like, there's, there's no rush to jump into planning, but there's also like, you can jump into some of the fun stuff, right? Like <laughs> dip your toe in, have a good time. Um, when you go to Starbucks, make them write fiance on your cup, you know, be obnoxious. <laughs> you can definitely have fun with it. And I think it's important to kind of keep that levity to your wedding planning. So it doesn't become this super stressful thing that it's likely, oops, sorry, <laughs> that it likely will become um, at some point in the planning journey. But just remembering that it is fun and it's exciting that you get to marry somebody and, and finding those joyful moments in it, even if it's, you know, during a pandemic and whatever other stresses your wedding planning is bringing, <laughs> which takes me to my final point. Number seven, the seventh thing to do as soon as you get engaged, and this is to not let wedding planning take over your life. So again, back to that cliched example of the woman who finally, finally tricks her boyfriend into proposing. She drops enough hints. She finally wins him over, convinces him. I'm rolling my eyes very hard if you can't tell. Um, you know, and then she busts out the binder where she's had everything planned forever. And she starts calling the venues the night she gets engaged. And she already has her wedding party in mind and the food's ordered and she, the flowers are picked out. Um, and just every, everything in her life becomes wedding planning. And I'm sorry, I'm using a lot of uh, heterosexual terms here. And I think that's just, uh, or sorry, heteronormative terms here. That's the cliche, right? That the the girlfriend, the woman becomes sort of wedding obsessed and, and everything in her life becomes about wedding planning. You know, she's not even working at work. She'll have Pinterest boards up on her screen and every conversation she has is about the wedding. And I think it's just so important to not let that happen, <laughs> to not become that person. Um, you don't want wedding planning to take over your life because it's it's such a short time. You know, even if you're planning a wedding two or three years out, you still have the rest of your life after that. And you don't want to become a person who, you know, your sole identity is wedding planning. You want to be a person outside of wedding planning. You're not just, you know, a bride or a groom or whatever. You're a person. You're going to be a spouse. Um, so make sure that you're investing in that relationship, right? You don't want to wake up the morning after your wedding and see your spouse and go, oh, like, this is it. Let's, it's over. <laughs> we, we don't have anything else. There's no more wedding. Like, you want to be excited. Like, oh, this is it. We're doing it. We're married. So you want to make sure that all of your conversations with your spouse are not just wedding planning and that you're taking time to actually, um, you know, grow your relationship or just have fun, you know, watch a movie, chat about your days, uh, go on a trip, whatever, enjoy your hobbies, go for a walk, things that are outside of wedding planning, and that you also invest in your other relationships, your friendships, your relationships with your family, and that those don't become just wedding centric, uh, wedding talk. When you're, you know, when your best friend calls, you shouldn't immediately start with, oh, did you order that thing for this party? And did you get your dress fitted? And did you get the flowers? Like ask, oh, how was your day? How's work? How's your life? You know? Just basically being a human outside of wedding planning is my tip. <laughs> but all, all that to say, you know, take all of this with a grain of salt, enjoy your engagement your way, and, and congratulations, because 
you know, you are getting married and you're going to start a marriage and that is super, super exciting. And I hope you have the best time on this wedding planning journey. And if you are newly engaged, congrats again. Feel free to check out all of the episodes that I've put out so far. I hope you find some good stuff in there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a reading and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.